It is Rewind A Raw. Yeah. I am John Pollock, and he is waiting. If you say it slow like that, it's much easier. Rewind A Raw. Yeah, you've got to almost treat rewind as two words. Yeah. Emphasize those syllables. Uh, if you tried to say it fast. Oh, that's that gets tough. I mean, try Rewind A Raw. Huh? Rewind a 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 That is the show. Rewind a Maybe that'll be what we mm. eventually morph this into. Yeah. I saw the, you know, I've been coming here, way. We talk about this. I come here every week. Mm-hmm. The last multiple, month. Multiple times. You know what? One of the, the nice little things I liked about the last month is as I'm turning around your corner, there's a, a house around the corner. Mm-hmm. That was like the most decked out uh, holiday themed house. Yes. This guy or woman or family had these inflatable Santa figures. They had reindeer on the roof with Santa in his sleigh. It was like all these inflatable Christmas items with mm-hmm. lights. Mm-hmm. And every Monday, I'd just look at that thing. I'm like, that's awesome. That's the kind of house I'd like to have. And now. It's worse than just taking everything down. It's it, they're deflated on the guy's lawn and on the the roof. Mm. It just looks so sad now. Mm. The Santa's just gone. Yeah. It's they're all just airless. The remnants of joy. Yeah, like yeah. man, get rid of that stuff. Put it in your basement or something. Don't just leave it out there. It just looks miserable. Maybe they're busy. They deflated them. Yeah, that's kind of odd that you would spend the time to deflate. Does it take effort to deflate? Uh, th- those things were huge. Hmm. They were very big. Hmm. I imagine it, it took some effort, especially in this this weather outside. Wow. I feel this is the uh, coldest winter I can recall. It just seems every day it gets colder in this city that we live in. Way. Yeah, certainly one of them. What is it, minus 20, 22? <sighs> Coming here tonight, I think it was uh, minus 15. This mm-hmm. is Celsius, folks. It was so cold on Friday. I was meeting a friend of mine who was over here from England, and we were just going to meet at an intersection downtown. And I got there five, ten minutes earlier, and I'm waiting, and I've, I take my phone out, and I'm just changing my, my music. And it got so cold, my phone just went black, just completely shut down. I know. And this was the only way my friend, who's from England, mm-hmm. can reach me. And I was like, Christ, it's now like 5 after 10. And I'm. W- it was just, get off at the streetcar. We'll meet at the intersection. And now I'm freezing mm-hmm. out here. I don't know where he is. I, I go into a building about 10 minutes later just to warm up. And then I feel my phone vibrate in my pocket. But mm-hmm. this was after about, this was 20 minutes of having no phone on me. I was like, I have no way of reaching this guy. I might just have to leave. And he, we're just not going to meet up. And then he had gone into some coffee shop because it was cold. And then we finally did meet up. How did we survive before cell phones? I don't know. How did anybody ever meet up before Like, What would you do, Way, if you were going to pick up... I feel we always use okay. them as our example. For, for, forget, what I, forget what I said. Yeah. How, what you're I going do? to pick up Dan Levransky, yeah, exactly. okay? At the subway. How do you survive if you're Dan Levransky is what, it, what well, we Well, even be asking. yourself, okay? You're going yeah. to pick him up, and he's not at the subway. Mm-hmm. You're there on time. He's not there. Mm-hmm. What's the option? What's the acceptable amount of time that you would wait for yeah. someone that's not there that maybe 
something came up, maybe there's an issue, you don't know. Is it 10 after? Is it 15 after? Is it 20 minutes? How long do you wait when there's no chance of phone communication and meet and a, a meetup has been affected? 30 minutes. 30 minutes yeah. you would dedicate. That's my cutoff, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'd have the patience for 30 really? minutes. What's, I your, think, what's your cutoff? Uh, on Friday, I, about a minute after my phone vibrated, I would have been done. I guess it depended on the cold. I was freezing but. outside. I think it depends, like, it, 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 you're more reliant on, obviously, the planning beforehand, you know? What I like to do is say, But things right. could happen. Like, the subway could get, uh, there's there's an issue. The subway stops. You're, you're delayed. Yeah, possible. Like, it's yeah. almost as though you have, it's, it's like having a birth certificate. Like, you just, you have to have a form of communication. And mm-hmm. a phone is the best option we've got at the moment. Mm, mm, mm. Well, um... Have you heard about the iPhone controversy? With the battery? Yeah. I've That's yes. part of the reason, I suppose. That's one of their explanations, Apple. For people who don't know, they admitted or they were caught um, decreasing the battery life of their older phones through uh, their new iOS updates. These assholes. Yeah. And, and, the- and I never get those iOS updates. No. I, they will, I'm in the I midst know. of one right now, and I, it just, I delay, I delay it, then I'll say... Okay, just put in your code so we can put it in from two to four, yeah. and I dismiss that. And then every day you've got to do that. I know. I had to. I I accidentally hit yes, and so it it installed it. And now I went my for phone three months, sluggish. and then I accidentally same thing. Yeah, it but sucks. three months I delayed it. Um, but part of the reasoning is that oh, like for older phones, your batteries uh, will die quicker, so we want to uh, preemptively. Make your batteries slower to make them last longer. But will you be taking it? In response, Apple has um, offered $30 battery replacements for all older phones. I'll absolutely take them up on that. I didn't follow the story all that much. I know they put out a statement last week. Mm-hmm. Not surprising at all. Like, what? We're greedy assholes. Yeah, I know. I used to be. I mean, I'm still a real kind of diehard Apple fan, but you're making me look at that Dell twice you know maybe they won't maybe they they're a bit more there's lots of options out there way hey we launched this site way on Mm -hmm. christmas eve and here we are on january the second and we can officially say the award-winning post wrestling oh we want we won an award we won an award we won a sheety way wow we won a sheety so thank you. Are you kidding me? Even one week, we we won. Did we win for the the post wrestling, or did we win for our like the previous shows? We we got well. We got uh, best uh, podcast review show for Rewind a Raw and Rewind a SmackDown. They called it Rewind a Raw. Um, I don't know. I can't okay. remember. I'm just curious to know if they were actually successful. Well, I'm able sure. To I'm sure the the legacy of the prior shows certainly impacted. Gotcha. Though I feel these two months of shows have been dynamite. So yeah. I think that that They've could carry amazing. the year alone. But really uh, thank you to all the people who who voted for us, mm-hmm. kept us in their thoughts, and also uh, congratulations to all the other winners as well. Um, I, I like that there's a spotlight on all the the shows that are that are out there for people to consume. Well, I love that there's like a a. Uh, there's like a system of, of journalism in place to uh, critique the crit- critics. I love that. I think that's good. Yeah. I yeah. Think it's so great. thanks to uh, and uh, Les Moore and Hugh Little. Those are the two that uh, that run the Sheeties mm-hmm. and uh, tabulated all the votes and, and, and they're we were lucky what? enough to win one. And they're at what? Sheetsandwich.com? Correct. Yes. Cool. So back from a hiatus. 
So welcome back, folks. Okay. Now, Nick do they qualify? Um, I I wouldn't say so. They're the uh, unless they do news. I, I'm actually unsure. They're they, the adjudicators. Actually, yeah, you can't judge a judge. Okay. I guess not. But that's what this is. I know. But then you need a new podcast that judges shows that judge um, other wrestling podcasts. Well, they've kind of taken that domain. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, so you can go check that out, folks. The uh, the will. annual the sheeties. Uh, what else? How was your New Year's? It was good. Yeah, went to a friend's party. Um, ah, I didn't drink too much, but I was around a lot of people that drank a lot. So, any was... fun in stories? Um, nope, not really. Anyone just nothing? Got I, nothing I want to ch- share. No, yes. nothing. You, you don't have to share names. I'm just, you know. Yeah, there were people that uh, definitely I had to kind of take care of. What was the, the What was the range? Was it all typically your age? Was it a wide? Maybe range? a little younger. Yeah. And uh, there was a bit of vomiting. Uh, um, maybe some brownies. Oh, chocolate. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which I did not partake in, but other people did. And the combination of that plus. You've had a stressful shots. month, way. You, you should enjoy. Uh, anyway, it, it made for some interesting results by the end of the evening. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's all I'll say. Well, that's good. How about I, you? Uh, I did, I, we did our usual. We got our Chinese food. We watched the most recent Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Rest in good. Pe- rest in peace. What? Should I, should I say who dies in it, or is that no? Planet of the Apes is on iTunes. Well, I'm now. not you planning on watching it, so you could say whatever well, you want. No. Was it good? I liked it. I've liked all okay. the new Planet of the Apes movies. Cool. It was a franchise that um, they had that remake come out in 2001, and I thought it was among the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. So when they had the they reintroduced it a number of years back, maybe five years ago. Man, I loved it. And there's been what was the remake? three of them now. What was the old remake? What are you talking about? The Mark Wahlberg one oh, in 2001. One was, that one was bad? It was awful. So when did they start getting good? I I, I think there's been three of this kind of incarnation of them. So I think Oh, there's been more than that. More than sure. three? I think so. Well, three or four. I have to say. I feel I've seen three, but I, I don't know. But I, I really enjoy the the series. Quick two hours, and okay, so baby's asleep. My wife is exhausted. She goes to sleep at like eleven. Mm-hmm. So I'm just up. Oh, you're and, right. There are three. And at like eleven fifty, I'm just flipping around because I want to find Mariah Carey. I really want to see this. Yeah, everybody wanted to see if she'd. Well, I, I was lucky. I, I got their mid song and everything. She turned out a hero, so it was great. Yeah. So she finishes it. So then for the countdown, I'm like, what am I going to watch the countdown on? So I go to CP24. Our good pal, Christina Tenalia, is going to ring in the new year for us. Mm-hmm. And then they throw back to someone in the control area in the, in the main studio. And we've got a shot of Nathan Phillips Square. And they've got a graphic on the screen of a countdown. So the person that you can't see in the studio is also counting down, but is not in sync with the clock. Oh, no. So they're counting down off their, and they're not in sync with their own graphic on the screen that we're looking at. (laughs) It gets to zero, and then the screen freezes. Like typical, you had one job material. Like they totally screwed up the New Year's Eve countdown. Maybe it was too cold and the machine shut down. Nathan Phillips Square was, they reduced, they started everything at 1130 and wrapped up right after because it was so cold. Mm. I was like, come on, Toronto. I'm watching New York. These people have been there all day Mm. and it's just as cold down there. Ryan Seacrest is stealing people's tea from the front row. Was it just as cold? 
in New York? I think it was comparable. Yeah. You have to oh. some so next year when you're at your party mm-hmm. and you've had a few brownies, you got to turn on CNN. Mm-hmm. It is a gong show on CNN. They just get hammered. Like Don tribute. Lemon was just gone on wow. this thing. It was just nuts to okay, watch. Okay, we'll watch that. Anyway, that was New Year's Eve, folks. Far more interesting. New Year, folks. Uh, time to get into Raw. Yes. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock and Waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind Around for Monday night. Download a Tuesday morning from the Post Wrestling site. It's Rewind Around for Monday night on USA Now on the John and Wade. Take the mic. From Miami, Florida, we immediately uh, started the show with promotion of Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, as well as a non-title match that's been announced for tonight between Alexa Bliss and Asuka, as well as Brock Lesnar appearing on the show. They cut to Alexa backstage, who is furiously storming and finds Kurt Angle and asks what he was thinking. And they're plugging this Alexa-Asuka match as WrestleMania-worthy that we're going to get on a couple hours notice in Miami. And Alexa starts pointing out the logic of this, that Asuka's already in the Royal Rumble. If she wins, then they'll have their WrestleMania match at WrestleMania. This is very stupid short-term booking, General Manager Kurt. And Angle says the match is on, but it isn't a title match yet. Hmm. So we're just going to have a singles match, but no title at stake. Kurt then comes out, and he talks about what a great year 2017 was. He plugs the 25th anniversary of Raw, the Rumble, and then announces that free agent John Cena is in the Rumble, and people booed this. He has talked with Stephanie and Shane and Daniel Bryan about the rules for the Royal Rumble, and it's going to be the same as the men. 30 entrants, over the top rope, and the winner will receive a title match at WrestleMania, which... I think everyone assumed this was where they would go. I don't think you could get away doing 20. And I don't think you need to do 20 entrants. Between the women you have on the rosters mm-hmm. with NXT and guaranteed you're going to do some names from the past. Yeah. You can fill out 30. Um, and you're going to get two really long matches on this Rumble show. Like you're talking yeah. probably 45 to 50 minutes for each match mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Seamus and Cesaro interrupted. Here's a question. Yep. Do you think the women's rumble could end the show? Hmm. Yes. I think they could. Depending on who is participating in it, especially if Ronda is there, I think you have to end the show with it. Um, yeah, maybe... Maybe you end with it anyway, but because it is the first year, I could see it happening. I think you have to have a really great finish in mind Mm -hmm. and something big uh, to close the show with that. Mm -hmm. It's also a very long show to close with that to come off. I mean, we've seen years where they've they haven't put the rumble on last and it's sometimes difficult to put a title match on even last. So I feel um, like in recent years, though, they've. They've, They've kind of stuck to the rumble, yeah. yeah closing the show, um, we'll see. It definitely mm-hmm. depends. How would you space the two out? 
Ooh, on the show. That's a good question. Like four hour show. Let's, I mean, how many matches are you even going to be on the show? Probably, I would say four. I think the two rumbles yeah. and maybe two title matches. Mm-hmm. AJ Owens and the three way. Right. I think that could be it. Maybe yeah. a really short buffer match in there that you put in four mm-hmm. or five minutes of just whoever some loose ends. I'm down for that. You know? Yeah. Why, why fill it with things that nobody cares about? Yep. Yep. Well, we do have this three-way that I'm going to talk well, which about Which would be strange then. To, I mean, I guess they've done title matches to start the show off in the past. So you could always do that. I would almost start the show with Lesnar, Kane, and Strowman. That's so interesting. It's I would start so the show with that. Strange. I don't like the Rumble going on first. Mm. I think that you almost kill whatever's got to follow that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but granted, something's got to go in between there. So. so that also means that there won't, there may not be a women's title defense on the show. I don't know why you would take a woman out of the Rumble to challenge um, when you want all those key people in the Rumble. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. think you want to take a Carmella out Mm -hmm. or a Natalia. I think you want all of them in the Rumble. Because you're already losing Alexa and Charlotte in the Rumble as it is. I mean, unless you do Asuka... Ask Alexa for the title. At when the I Rumble. first saw this graphic tonight, I didn't realize it was non-title. I thought they were going to flip the title on her tonight, and they just—they were booking the Rumble and figured we want to have Oscar as champion going into Mania. Yeah. But then we saw I here think it's it was still very non-title. possible. Uh, they could if they wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she won this match tonight. That could set up a title match before the Rumble. They could do that if that's the cha- the choice. Cesaro and Sheamus interrupt. Not that they want to enter the women's Rumble, but they just want to talk about the tag title match from last week they thought they were robbed and then they showed footage of kurt hugging jason jordan after the match and this blatant favoritism which was a very valid point brought up by the bar and they want a rematch tonight angle says he will decide when they get the rematch jason jordan comes out who is really playing up the cockiness now and he seems to have a pretty good handle on this character um the crowd's chanting who's your daddy you still suck and it's all just subtle cockiness. It's not this guy who's trying to hit you over the head with this. It's just subtle. And it's very, I, I thought he was very good on this show. He threatened to go after Cesaro's refurbished mouth. And this was about to lead to a match when Seth Rollins came out and talked to Jason Jordan about how he's got to learn as a teammate to be a professional. And he's got to be less self-absorbed. And he's out here to protect his half of the tag titles. The crowd chants, Daddy's boy at Jason Jordan. And he's going to be in Jordan's corner. And then Sheamus knees him in the back to go to the break. And that sets up Jason Jordan versus Cesaro in our first matchup of the night. The crowd started off by chanting for Booker T. Cesaro went for a reverse cross. And Jordan caught him and did the slam into opposite corners back and forth. Cesaro then worked over the knee of Jordan, who eventually got up and hit a bridging Northern Lights for a two-count. Then the crowd started chanting, Rusev Day. Sheamus sucker-punched Jordan from the floor, and this allowed Cesaro to apply a Boston Crab, still working on the knee. Rollins finally goes after Sheamus on the floor, and this allows Jordan to capitalize and hits his finish, which still has no name. Maybe it's the Air Jordan, and presses him in the air, comes down in the reverse neck breaker, and he pins Cesaro. Second straight week, he pins this guy. Yeah. The story and, seems to be of Jordan thinking, thinking he's doing all of this on his own. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, Rollins played a big part in the finish here, Jordan feels like he is worth his own hype. Yeah, and we got a 
very overacted final scene here where Rollins is raising Jordan's arm. Jordan's looking cocky. And Rollins just had to have this look on his face to convey his uh, unhappiness with Jordan's ego. I think in wrestling, you need that, though. You need exaggeration. Because you're not just trying to spell it out for people, you know, who have watched wrestling for a long time. You're also trying to spell it out for children as well. And everybody in the audience. So I think a bit of exaggeration is required. I wish mood rings were still a phenomenon today. That could help a lot of them. Like, if I could just see Seth Rollins and the color change. Sure. So then I'd know how he feels. Maybe his hair would change. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The blonde streak is happy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. what would be angry? Red. Red red hair. Okay. Uh, Cesaro is just so great. I thought he delivered a decent match here with Jason Jordan. And, uh, oh, I watched the... uh, the new WWE Network show, Photo Shoot. This, they are at a spot for this? Yeah. This is a concept I like. Yeah, it's they, good. They, is it hosted by The Miz, or is The Miz just no. one of the guests on one of them? Yeah, it, there were two episodes that aired after the network. One was with The Miz, one with, was with Cesaro. Should I talk about it now? Go for I it. I took some notes. It, you know, really, it's, it's not revolutionary in any way. It really kind of just is a... A fresher take on that retrospective interview like we've seen so many times um, and I think your interest will largely depend on your interest in the subject but I like the concept I think it's so simple you sit a guy down in a chair and you show him different photos from different parts of his career just to jog their memory so that they can talk and wrestlers are great at it you, you set them off and they can talk for hours about especially themselves so um, you know I like the concept because, like, when you're thinking of these network shows, you just simply want to provide a forum for wrestlers to tell their stories. You want something that is easy to shoot, that you can bulk shoot with a limited amount of time that you spend with all these guys. It's well shot, feels intimate, and it's clean. Um, the Miz, the thing is, you know... He was the Miz. It's like, so many of these stories, they'll show you photos, and it's like a photo of, like, him with the big show. And... You know, he'll say a line or two about it, but it's hardly anything that, like, you need to know. Mm-hmm. The only worthwhile part of the Miz episode, in my opinion, was when he was shown the Daniel Bryan Talking Smack promo. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, this is the first time where he really talked about it. And he talks about how a lot of real-life emotion went into that segment. He says it wasn't just directed at Bryan, but it was directed to everybody. Because that day, prior to doing that show... He went to TV and creative said that they didn't have anything for him on the show because they were trying to get over all these other titles. So he was pissed off and he asked to be on Talking Smack because he was going to unleash Havoc. Wow. So he went on the show and what really... Cut the best promo of his career. What really set him off was when Brian called him a coward. And he just let all his frustrations loose. And at that point, Miz says he didn't know if Brian was going to punch him or not. Brian, if you remember, he just left... left the stage and then there's just like one awesome moment where like Miz explains he didn't really know what was going on in his mind he's kind of panicking oh Brian's supposed like Brian's supposed to stick around who am I supposed to talk to so Miz directs the camera to focus on him and if you remember cuts the rest of that promo at the camera into the camera which was awesome which was great so I liked hearing this part because it kind of gets you, uh, um, you know, thinking about his mentality. Miz said how, like, so often in his career he'll have these, like, little moments. And for one week, the crowd loves him. He's always hot. 
but then week after week that that momentum slowly dies down he says his new mentality now is to make every single week a moment that people remember so he i think in terms of a promo he's at the best stage of his career probably having gone through you know a, i would say sort of a failed championship run you know the the first time um the man certainly feels like he's honed in on like what works about him he was my best promo this year was he uh, he was my pick oh wow yeah and then uh, there's a cesaro episode that um you know was kind of okay did he have the mouthpiece in not not for the whole show no he didn't have it on at all but um kind of like just kind of sh- he just kind of talks about various parts of his career says like him teaming with Heyman was brief and unfortunately he feels they didn't reach the potential they could have because that was when Brock was talking about the streak and kind of directed uh, diverted uh, Heyman's attention away um talks about wrestling Sami Zayn on NXT because he really just kind of wanted more match time mm-hmm. and so he volunteered to go down there and wrestle Zayn and to, to help get Zayn over and then some incredibly gruesome photos of the teeth injury including the surgery so oh god uh yeah, that was about it. That's that new show. Uh, it's a cool concept. Yeah, uh, cool. When I first heard it, I'm like, this is a this is a cool little idea. Yeah, again, a fresh take on sort of like a tried and true, you know, interview type of thing. Yes, we'll see if it continues because it seems like there's a lot of these ideas they come up with that they introduce them and then you never see another one again. Like the Kevin Owens 365, like you never heard another one of it. You'll get another 365. I'm sure they're working on another one right now. Okay. They well, take time. Well, they're just. I wonder who that. Like, I feel like I heard something about about them working on. on I, I don't know anything yeah. about any any future ones. I mean, there are also ones that those. It's not like you can just whip that one of those. Together no, those either. are certainly more. I mean, that it takes a year to put one of those together. Well, and the Owens one, I don't think they started that a year no, ago. No, certainly just, not. They're they're, sh- they're bulk shooting all this stuff, and yeah. they were able to cultivate mm-hmm. a year's story here. But we had giant gaps. Mm-hmm. It was clear that you know it was like eight months in they decided this idea. And it was, how can we stretch this into a concept that Mm -hmm. works? Back to the show. And Renee Young is with Roman Reigns. And he talks about how Joe Hurt Ambrose, he's a punk who walks like a punk and talks like a punk. And he hopes to stay within the rules tonight. uh, Where the match is, if he is disqualified, he will lose the title. I thought they, they blew a great opportunity tonight. Because we're coming off last week where he had the big attack on Joe and was disqualified. And now tonight, if he gets disqualified, he loses the title. What a great opportunity to show footage of how the main event ended in Toronto at the house show on Saturday night. Where Hmm. Joe gets cut open above the left eye Mm -hmm. and he has to stop, the match gets stopped due to blood. And explain, if Reigns goes too far... He'll be disqualified and lose the title tonight. This happened in Toronto. But it wasn't a DQ, you know? The fact that he cut Joe open was not the result of, like, a use of weapons or anything like that. I think that was a cool thing you could have just used tonight. Just to intensify the feud, at the very least. Certainly, yeah. Do you also, though, need to protect the idea that, hey, this is only the second time these guys are wrestling in two weeks. Do you want to let the world know, hey, they've been wrestling each other every single day? You just haven't seen it. Does it take away from the, sh- I don't the, think it does. the match? I don't think it does. The audience at home hasn't seen them. Mm. They didn't see them fight on Saturday. Only the 9,000 people in Toronto did. I wonder. I wonder how they feel about that. There was a... You know how cold it was Saturday night. And there mm-hmm. was a bunch of people at the bar I was at that made their way to this bar on Queen Street to mm. watch the uh, the main event of that uh, of Cyborg and Holly Holm. Yeah. 
The bar I was at was full. Cool. It wasn't all people there for UFC, but it was. I was. I was shocked. I thought it was gonna be empty for this UFC. Hmm. Did you catch any UFC? I caught a little bit. I didn't watch it with my full attention enough to really judge any of the the matches. But uh, uh, I read your thoughts on the updates. I oh read yeah, that's report. right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> well, then never mind. I can tell you exactly what you thought. <laughs> that's right. I even. You I think I even said that bar story. <laughs> yeah, seventy percent. I have zero. <laughs> I have once I, know, I once I, I post something, yeah. I don't know. I can't separate what I talk to you I, about and what I write I about. Pretty much know everything about you now. All right. Well, yeah. we'll move on then. <laughs> I should have included what I ordered too. I got a quesadilla oh. um, with this really hot sauce. It was. Oh, yeah? I put the hot sauce on. I didn't realize it was extra hot sauce. My mouth was on fire. Damn. Wow. Okay. I've realized I'm going to be here till the morning. Yeah. Okay. We still have the New Japan preview and primer to do after this. No, so. that's, a, that's on Tuesday. Yeah, sorry. Never mind. You're <laughs> going to stay overnight. Yeah, we're not shooting these back to back. After that, we go to Bray Wyatt making his entrance. Just his entrance. Oh, before that, you had a Sasha Banks promo. No, that was after the break. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. First yes. break came out yes, because yes, that was yes. the tease going to breakaway. Gotcha. gotcha. Tease that I'm probably going to go get something to eat. Uh, they aired a SmackDown promo. We're getting AJ and Sami Zayn non-title match Tuesday night on SmackDown. So that could be very good. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch. We had three. We didn't have a bunch. We had three bumpers throughout the night of various members of the women's division sharing their New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Sasha is going to win the historic Royal Rumble match because she is the legit boss. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's something. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I thought that one was bad. She might need a new resolution in about a month. Oh my gosh, she needs she needs a solution. Is what she needs. Yeah. Bray Wyatt versus Apollo Cruz. Michael Cole started this by stating this should be a good match. <laughs> I love that you felt that was important to note. <laughs> because it was the furthest, <laughs> furthest thing from my mind when this started. <laughs> Titus and Dana York were in her corner, in uh, Apollo's corner. Uh, this match way went, I believe it went 10 minutes uh-huh. through a commercial break. Yeah. Cruz nearly took a bump off of Bray hanging upside down out of the corner. He lost his balance way. And had to put his arm down because he was about to fall over from this man that he is seeing upside down. Yeah, he was shocked. He saw glimpses of whatever. Cole asks Booker, what kind of notes do you think Dana is taking at ringside? I don't have any clue. The crowd chanted, delete. We still don't know what, what exactly it is that she does. Okay, she's a statistician. Statistician. Okay, yes. well, when has she ever presented any statistics um, at all? She doesn't even, I mean, not, granted, they don't get that much speaking time, but why do the gimmick at all if we're not going to see what she's been working on? Well, you got to give her some time. Oh, she's she, still collecting data. She needs a sample size before she can provide maybe some averages. I uh, gotcha. I don't know. Because she got all messed up and got involved in the finish. Yeah. So she didn't even know like how long this match this went. Is a, this is a terrible gimmick. I mean, and, and it's sad because she. I feel like she's already on life support. And I don't necessarily see her being too successful with this gimmick either. 
Um, I'm just going to skip through a bunch here. Cruz landed a moonsault off the apron. Booker calls on Apollo to hit Bray with, quote, big moves. So Dana gets onto the apron and gets scared by Titus, uh, by Bray, and lands on Titus on the floor. And Bray hits the sister Abigail to Apollo to win the match in 1023. Booker T. Great way to start off 2018, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought this match just... Listen, there was nothing that much wrong with it. It was just so standard. And it was a match that killed this crowd. And let's... its This was a strange crowd because, like... They, they were dead this first half of the show. They were dead for a lot of the show, but then they woke right up for, like, uh, certain things, and they were incredibly loud for other things. Yes. But a match like this, nobody cared about. Nothing. No, not at all. Matt Hardy appeared on the screen. He said he's changed Bray's fireflies into woken warriors. Bray is the consumer of terrestrial entities... And he is all around Bray, like an omniscient ghost that haunts his dreams. And when Sister Abigail's powers are no longer, he will delete him. And then Hardy's face, the screen multiplies into dozens and dozens of Matt Hardy's face spread out and then goes back to one. I thought this was another flat week for Matt Hardy. I thought think this promo was the promo he should have cut last week when he was in attendance when he had that great run in and attack and instead of just laughing for 30 seconds straight he should have talked to the crowd because i think that's what everybody was i thought that was going to be the new promo style was no words after last week but apparently i mean the laugh thing is really kind of what they're honing in on is sort of his signature um this week i feel like it was maybe too much talking and not enough of the action what I'm kind of disappointed by thus far are the lack of the of the awesome vignettes and the world surrounding the Broken Matt character that we've come to know and love. Where's, you know, where's all the music playing? Where's the compound? Where's Senior Benjamin, Vanguard? Like, this feels just such a, like, like a cheap and diluted version of that character. Like, get this guy out of that backdrop. They, I, I know why they do it. It's because they film all, the, all these probably the day of. So but, here's a weird thing. At one of the house shows over the last week, he came out to the piano theme. Mm-hmm. And then we got a report up at postwrestling.com. And he came out Saturday to the Hardys theme. Wow, that's weird. That's so strange. Can you picture this character coming out to the Hardys theme, dude? I mean, I can't because that's kind of what he's been doing since March. Like he after Feels the, like he one of those video game entrances you make to yeah. just joke around with. Maybe they just forgot like the MP3 and they only had the other track. Yeah, yeah, they just fired um, up the Windows Media Player and. But there's just so much about the character that I think we're not seeing yet, you know. And for whatever reason, I don't know why. It's it's how long has it been now? How many weeks have we has it been? We're, it's been a month. Back. It's been a month, and I feel like, mm, you know, he's still over. People still love chanting for him, but I feel like people will start to lose their patience. And this is a feud that I think is ripe for those things. You're doing a Bray Wyatt feud. Let me see all that other crazy shit. Could you ultimately see these two becoming a team together or having some allegiance? Sure. Yeah. Because I can see Jeff being kept separate from this. Mm, Very possible. Yeah. I mean, we don't even know when Jeff will be back. Well, it's a big question mark of how much Mm. Jeff can thrive as a singles I just don't want to. I just don't want to be like. I don't want us to fast forward a month from now and have broken Matt Hardy after all that, just be another mid card. You know. Oh, I think cool this is this is where that's going. 
that's why I feel that Jeff is almost going to be protected from this because I don't. They don't see this as a main event act. I mean, they're giving him TV time. They are for now. It's just like I feel it's like- the new toy at the moment, and I think this is going to be one of those toys that three months from now it's going to be. Um, this is a guy, a guy yeah. that'll be on main event and. Well, if he's paired with Bray, that'll at least get him on Raw in a tag team. Well, at least for now, while while they have Vince's attention and Vince considers him the shiny new toy, why not play with all the features of that toy and, get, and give us all the all, everything? They're that. used toys. I think he's into it, though. I mean, I think I think they I think they're fully into it, but it's like there are just so many other elements of this wonderful character that aren't being presented right now. Nia Jax was backstage. Her entire role on this show was to carry some soup. Alexa needed Nia for her help tonight against Asuka, but Nia said Enzo is in the ER with the flu and was legit and can't defend his cruiserweight title tonight. That is legit. He was he was ill. Wow. Yeah, he had to go. He put up a photo today at the hospital. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that was the reason he wasn't on the show tonight. And... Bliss says Enzo has to wait because she needs her. And Bliss says it's either him or me. And Nia says, my soup is getting cold. And she left. Okay. Man, what a what an ultimatum. Yeah. No good no real friend would make you choose. We we skipped through a lot of steps here of like how close Alexa and Naya really are, because You gotta watch Total Divas for that. Oh, I see. They're best friends, BFFs. Alexa then took on Asuka. And non-title, as we explained, Asuka goes for a knee bar earlier, early in the match, and Bliss is continually escaping, going to the floor. The crowd is booing her. We went through a commercial. We come back, and all of a sudden, Bliss has a body scissors applied. Asuka rolls out into an ankle lock, and then Bliss gets a rope break. Booker thinks that Asuka's quick victories may have given her a false sense of security. Crowd was very quiet for this. Mm-hmm. Bliss then kicks at the ribs and starts working on them. Runs at her and slaps Asuka, who slaps back. There's a pair of drop kicks by Asuka that really didn't connect with Alexa. And then Asuka landed a spinning wheel kick that did look good and applied the arm bar. This went uh, 14-48 with Asuka tapping Alexa Bliss clean. So that would suggest a title match at some point uh, from this. So I would actually... How many weeks till the Rumble? They've got... Three episodes of Raw to go. I mean, very the, possible they could do that. If if Oscar's not winning the Rumble, I don't think she should be in the Rumble. She should be the champion, and I think she poses as like a much greater challenge at the end of the Rumble for the winner to face than Alexa. You know, and if they want Alexa in the Rumble, then yes, yeah, she would have to drop the belt in the three weeks. And they have ample opportunity to do it. That twenty fifth anniversary of Raw yes. episode is a huge show mm-hmm. that. They're going to need to put a lot of stuff on. And you could do a title change six days mm-hmm. out, and then Alexa's the last entrant in the Rumble or something. However, the lack of crowd reaction for this match they were not hot for is this. concerning for me. It tells me that Asuka is still yet to connect with them. People don't really care about her yet as a babyface. Um, the match was okay. Uh, she hasn't really had an amazing match yet on the roster. But I think... Uh, a lot of it is the lack of character work. I think in NXT... A lot of it was just... It was Asuka selling for a long period, and I don't know if the audience really wanted to see a prolonged 
match of Oscar selling. It's like of the, somebody they don't really know. No, you know? and it's the same thing they had with Goldberg, someone that they associate with short, explosive matches. That right. um, and Oscar had longer matches on NXT, but it was an, an audience that was much more craving of longer wrestling matches. Yes, and but. here they've kind of been conditioned, I guess, in these couple of months to quick Oscar wins. Yeah, in NXT, I thought her wrestling was probably enough to get her over. But on the main roster, they clearly have to do a bit more character work. And if it's not through promos, then how about some like pre-produced featurettes? Just like with the Broken broken Mat stuff, just like with Nakamura, with all these guys. I think they have such a great video department that they could utilize to create great pieces that you just air on TV. But yet, they choose to do everything... In person, they do all the character uh, building the day of, uh, through like you know backstage vignettes or like uh, cutting promos in front of a screen when they could do so much more with their video production. Backstory to me is such a big thing that's lacking for so many people on this roster that if you go to the average fan and you ask them, give me two sentences on this person that has nothing to do with their matches. Tell me who this person is in two sentences. And if you can't do that, that's a problem. Hmm. Shouldn't get Nakamura? I can't tell you one one thing based on his SmackDown run. Can't tell you a thing about this guy. They've kind of dropped the artist thing too from him. Remember? Yes. Like that was that one time sort of like... Even that wasn't really defined. It was like, nothing. Like it was just... It's like, it's like Vince's interpretation of, okay, like who is this guy? He's, he likes, he must like art. He's he's influenced by Michael Jackson. Remember when they were going that direction? It's like they've yeah. they've come up with like they're trying to dilute him to like the the one they're trying to make him digestible to like somebody who's never seen him before. And yes, I know you have to kind of do that, um, but it's just different though. Because like in in New Japan, for instance, you don't really have to. Can you can you ask that same question? Like you can't necessarily translate that same character from New Japan over to WWE. But they do a lot of character stuff there with videos and and, and taking guys out mm. and I mean when you watch the opening for Wrestle Kingdom, I guarantee you you're going to see yeah. some phenomenal stuff of like, you know, mm. Okada inside of a cathedral or something like that. Mm. I mean, just mm. Really over the top production and mm-hmm. different stuff, and the WWE has the ability to do all that. Absolutely, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, see what they've done with the Wyatt stuff before before they debuted, and I just I'm not sure why they don't put more more resources towards building some of these people. Next segment might have been my favorite thing on the entire show. Renee was backstage, and the way she introduced Samoa Joe, ladies and gentlemen, Samoa Joe. <laughs> and she just said it with like this tone of disgust that was great. Joe just cuts his promo that he's going to beat Reigns. He owns Roman. He's mentally broken him. The Shield will never be champions together. Ambrose is now a stay-at-home husband living off his wife's paycheck. Oh, great line. Great line. And th- it might be Roman's yard, but he lives in his world. This was my favorite Joe promo um, to date on the main roster. And he's been killing it every week. Yeah. Every week, every opportunity, the man has a, a microphone. He's been wonderful. In this promo, I felt like he gave off total babyface vibes. Like, he felt like a true fighting champion. You know what I mean? Like, somebody who doesn't, you know, does, doesn't take shit. And he almost did, like, he did also kind of like a rally, rallying kind of like ramp up finish to this promo that made you feel like he was like Mel Gibson in Braveheart 
kind of how I, it I think I watched this and I think the audience is they wanted oh, Renee to God. slap this guy. <laughs> I thought this was great. I, I want these two to end up in the in the mixed challenge on opposite teams. They will never do any type of physicality. No, I know that. With especially with Renee. I, I hope they always continue this. Yeah. This like yeah. Uh, like Renee is a professional, mm-hmm. but you know she hates this fucker. Definitely. But she's not going to be unprofessional in her job setting. Yeah. And that almost keeps the spark. Like that makes the Dean Ambrose. It's like the most interesting thing with Dean Ambrose yeah. is like a return program with this. Yeah. If they do this for six months, just subtly. Hey, imagine like if a man, the man who injured you, is now subtly harassing your wife on national TV every single week, how pissed off would you be? I want to see this guy get revenge. So I agree. I, I think these Joe Renee segments are great, and I look forward to them every week. And then the complete opposite. Bailey's New Year's resolution. With the new year comes new opportunities. She announces she's entering the Royal Rumble, and she's going to be hugging her way all the way to WrestleMania. I mean that's sort of part of the problem what we're of what we're discussing too, right? Maybe they're these characters, especially the ones from NXT, they're being too diluted. What is Shinsuke Nakamura? Oh, he's he's an artist. He loves art. He loves music. He loves painting. What is Bailey? She loves to hug. So you write that into every promo, every appearance that she has. She's just the hugger now. Nothing about her being somebody who you know tries to. Uh, Buck the expectations of her because she's uh, uh, somebody who's trying to struggle with her confidence issues and and surpassing them. Nothing that goes deeper beyond the you know her one character defining character trait as a hugger. Do I, do you want me to look into my crystal ball of what's going to happen with Bailey this year? Yeah. She's gonna. She's in no. She's dead. She is dead as a character at the moment. So we're gonna struggle through WrestleMania. And then afterwards, we're going to turn Bailey heel. And because the babyface run has been so atrocious, the opinion is going to be, well, look at that. She's such a great heel. Because the, the, the comparison is going to be how awful this babyface run was. That you had this generational babyface yeah. for, for this younger audience that you completely fucked up. That she'll become a run-of-the-mill heel that within a year will be Carmella level and will just be someone on the roster that's a heel, but then for segments where uh, Stephanie's out, she'll be a half heel, half baby face. I mean, and she'll I'm, just be like everybody else. I mean, I'm really interested to see a Bailey heel turn to see what type of character she'd be. I imagine, like, you know, it'd be kind of like she'd start wearing makeup. Uh, she'd like wear leather all black instead of like colorful things. Uh, it would be interesting, but I feel like that's something you could have done years down the line rather than basically skip over this, all the money you could have made as, uh, with her as a, as a, as an awesome baby face before you do something like that. Bronze in the ring and out comes, as we predicted, Rhino and Heath Slater. And it's Rhino having the match with him. The crowd starts chanting ECW, and it was as though a brand new audience was ushered into the American Airlines arena, and the other crowd for the first half of the show was ushered out. It's like, get the fuck out of here. There were things they liked, and there were things that they did not give a shit about. They loved Rhino. They loved Rhino. And they loved Braun. What was strange was that they chanted (laughs) ECW for Rhino, 
But Paul Heyman comes out. No, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh my god. Like, Rhino was like one of the three most over people on this it show. It is true. Yeah. Certainly. Unbelievable. Booker just says he comes from that extreme era. That extreme <laughs> era from 17 years ago this month that they held their last pay-per-view. Hey, credit to, to Rhino for looking, still looking the part. That's crazy. Yeah. 17 years ago. So the crowd then moves into a Rhino chant. Booker brings up that Big Show is watching at home, which brings up that guy for the first time after <laughs> Braun took him out. Strowman tells Slater to either stand on the floor and shut up or he'll get these hands like your partner. Mm-hmm. Crowd like that. Get these hands. Awesome. Slater ran in, so it was a two-on-one attack. No DQ, though. Strowman fights them off, hits him with a pair of avalanches, and then power slams Rhino. Wins in two and a half minutes. This was the hottest the crowd had been all show. Just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What about this post-match? They chant one more time, and Strowman just plays this like a symphony. Slater tries to stop Strowman. He attacks Slater, power slams him, then another to Rhino. You think it's over. He's posing. Then he slams Rhino again. Then he lifts up Slater and hits him with another one. It was just each one got a bigger reaction than the last. And this was like the this was the loudest the crowd was all night. Was for Rhino, Braun Strowman, and Heath Slater. Woke this crowd right up. They really They were the Woken Warriors this segment. Yeah. They've successfully uh, honed in, I think, on what people love about Braun Strowman. And they've made him into a red-hot babyface in this feud. Your best gimmick. Looking like a good pick on this show. Yeah. I thought this was great. Michael Cole says, I have to ask you again, Corey. How do you stop Braun Strowman? And Corey says, you don't. With the exception of the last time he faced Brock. Reigns is in the locker room. Rollins joins him. And Rollins, this felt like the most mechanical line. I heard what Samoa Joe said to Renee Young. Do you think you'd refer to, like, your best friend's wife by her first and last name? Maybe there are a few Renees backstage. Uh, maybe maybe Goulet was visiting. Maybe Dupree was in town. Yeah. Um, that's Renee all of Renees. Well, I'm glad he deciphered that it was Renee Young. Reigns calls Joe a fool and a joke and he hopes Dean is watching. It's like, I feel Dean has many other things to be doing at this time. And he's going to find out you don't mess with our brother. And Rollins says, don't get DQ'd. I like us having titles. So Jason Jordan walks in and says, if the bar tries to interfere, we'll take them out. Believe that. <laughs> Jordan was funny here. He was funny. And then Roman and Seth give this great look, like without saying a word, just like, who is this guy? Dude, I'm sorry. But Seth Rollins is just, his facial reactions are just awful. <laughs> like he's, like he feels like he's in a vaudeville fucking play. Like just, he's so, it's like a bad comedy sketch with this guy. Uh, anyway, we got a raw retro clip of the, uh, the DX Invasion. Strowman walks into Kane backstage. Kane's holding his hands up and says, Believe it or not, I just want to talk. And then Kane calls the two of them the Alpha Monsters. 
Whoa. The most popular term going today, way yeah. the alpha monsters. Mm. That sounds like uh, that could have been the backup for Doctor Death and Terry Gordy. I mean, if the Miracle Violence connection wasn't mm. the alpha monsters, the alpha monsters. Okay. So if Kane and Braun hey. Strowman joined the tag league one year, I maybe. got a better one. Oh, the alpha beasts. The alpha beasts. I like the alphabet. Oh, the Alpha. <laughs> okay. Maybe not that great. It's okay. It's good. Braun says he is the only Alpha monster. He'll take care of Brock on his own terms because Kane's trying to get him to work together at the Rumble. Kurt's on the phone. Fakest phone call ever. All we hear him say on the phone is, one thing's for sure, history will be made. Hey, can I call you back? No phone call in life has ever had those words in that order. Actually, anytime I'm on a phone call with Damien, it's always like he always ends it abruptly saying, Hey, wait, can I, ju- can I just call you back? And he'll never call back. You're right. He'll never. Because he's probably on TV live. Yes, that's right. Every one, every conversation, it's probably taking place in raw backstage. Yeah, I take all that back because there's a few times when I've been on the phone with Way. When I'm just going on and on in ways like, well, you know, John, one thing's for sure. <laughs> History will be made. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's the one thing that yeah. is for sure. History will be made. Well, what a stupid term that is. Like history by itself is just <laughs> anything is history. Like, oh, my God, the literal sense. It's history. Sure. Finn Balor walks in. After a year and a fucking half, he brings up the fact he was the universal champion that never lost the title. Well, he thought he was going to get the title shot at the Rumble. Well, he played his cards wrong, didn't he? Because he didn't even ask for a shot here. Can this be a four-way, Kurt? He beat Braun. He did get a title shot, though, upon return, didn't he? No. Wasn't he involved in in a three-way or something like that? Or a four-way? He was in a number one contenders match. Oh, And didn't win that. Yes. Well... There you go. I guess. Well, so he's got a six man tonight and Kurt wants to know who his partners are. And Finn says, are you blind? They're standing right here. Do you want me to bring them into the shot? (laughs) Yeah. They're like two feet away. (laughs) In walk Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who now have a longstanding history with this man. And Finn says in the past, he has stood beside them and across from them. And it's better to be with them. And says anyone else would just be a bunch of nerds. I'm glad they're doing this. I brought this up last week, and uh, I'm glad that they are doing this because all three of these men are not doing anything else. I would have liked to have some buildup leading to this, like a bit of, like, think about the, the, a great moment with, like, uh, Balor getting beaten down by Elias in, in the Miztourage, and then out come Gallows and Anderson for the save. Anybody who knows the Like what they did last week? They did, I'm saying they were oh. doing the beatdown yes. on Finn. yes. And Perfect was... opportunity. So uh, that that pop would have been huge. And, I mean, if they're concerned that... Even tonight, if you had done, like Kurt said, who are your partners going to be? And Finn could say... You'll find out. I don't have any. Right. We'll find out. Yes. Three on one. Yeah. But whatever. whatever. At this point, they need anything that they can get. Just put them together and throw them out there and let the crowd do the rest. The crowd is happy. It's um, funny, a year ago, you would say Anderson and Gallows really need this, and now I think Finn needs it just as much as these two. Completely. 
sell a ton of shirts, get Valor over, save Gallows and Anderson, make everybody happy. Do some segments with these guys. Do God it. forbid some personality Bullet, comes out of these three. The Bullet Club versus The Shield is a, is a SummerSlam main event waiting to happen. Well, let's see where they go with this. Yeah. Then the announcers uh, welcomed IB Sports in South Korea. Corey then said hello in Korean. And then Booker tried to mimic what Corey said. Mm-hmm. Presented with who did it? Who did it better? Not Booker. <laughs> I don't speak Korean. Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe is next for the IC title. Booker says he's been watching Joe for quite some time. They went through a break quickly. Joe was working on the arm and the shoulder of Roman Reigns. Uh, eventually, Reigns came back with a drive-by. Then Joe got the advantage after an avalanche, tope suicida, and they go through another break after both make it in at the count of nine. Things really picked up as they go to the floor. Reigns attempted a Superman punch off the steps, and he's caught by Joe, rams Reigns into the steps as he's telling him, this is for Dean, this is for last week. And then Reigns reverses an Irish whip, sending Joe into the steps. Reigns picks up the steel steps, and the referee's warning him, that he'll lose the title if he uses those. Joe is goading him and then sucker punches Reigns, who then comes back with a Superman punch and then hits a second one inside the ring for a near fall. Reigns again goes for the spear. He should really learn to that Joe has telegraphed this spear because every week now yeah. he kicks him in the face and <laughs> Joe looks like so much smarter than this guy every week. Well, Roman should think about really not uh, doing all the howling and all that stuff before doing the move. Yeah, it's, it's like, kinda... dude, you're getting punted into the yeah. third row. Do you really week. need to cock your fist before you do that? <laughs> like, what a dork. Joe sends Reigns into referee John Cone and they tease the DQ. Joe misses Reigns in the corner, but then connects with a Urinage for this great near fall. And it was just mm-hmm. because it was like an extra microsecond that they waited for the kick out. I thought it was a great near fall. The crowd loved it. Reigns avoids the Coquina clutch, then hits the spear and wins the match. They went 25 minutes away. Uh, but this was great. This was a great match. This was a, this was a great 25 minutes. Yes. Yes. Uh, these two killed it. What a great match, especially for Raw. I... Love how you can count on these two guys to fill a ton of TV time and have none of it ever feel like filler because, man, these matches are long, but they're so hard-hitting that they always engage the crowd, and they're thoroughly entertaining. I mean, this was like... They're not afraid of beating the shit out of each other, and I think these two have just fantastic chemistry. Everybody was into it. Even uh, children, especially for, for Reigns, and I think that kind of tells you the importance of trying to get the whole the entire audience involved um and that's maybe you know something that people like Asuka at, at are kind of missing right now um very stiff are you saying you're an Alexa should have gone 25 mm, if they were beating the shit out of each other to this level then yes I almost thought Joe should have won the belt. Not that the IC title matters that much, but I thought the stip was in place to get the belt off of Roman. I'm glad they didn't do it like that. It feels like such a weak way to get a title off a guy. But I think Joe is at a stage right now where he needs the momentum. He needs to be pushed, and he needs to It's a fair point. I mean, they they protected the hell out of him Mm -hmm. up until tonight where they finally beat him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they could have flipped the title here. and, I mean, you don't have to get the title off of Reigns. You could keep it on him throughout this. I mean, it doesn't hurt the IC title. Who's eventually going to take it off of him, though, before the before Mania? Maybe you don't take it off of him before Mania. 
Um, I guess so. It's it's a it's completely inconsequential either way. It's inconsequential to me. I think that's not on a top. I think guy. with Joe with the belt, at least it's something. Yeah, for Joe. you're right. Yeah. Angle is watching this backstage, and Paul Heyman walks in, and he talks about the conspiracy Kane and Strowman are concocting against Lesnar, and says Lesnar will be proactive and not reactive to this plan, and that this will be the year of the beast. We'll see. And then Absolution did their New Year's resolution, and they ended 2017 putting the Raw Women's Division on notice, and then joining them hand-in-hand for the big announcement. The assumption is that Paige is totally fine. She should be back next week. Yes. And says there may be 30 women in the Rumble, but only three that matter. Then they put up a graphic. 205 Live Tuesday night. It will be Hideo Itami versus Jack Gallagher because Itami injured Gallagher's partner and now Gallagher's going for revenge, which is fine, except that was the exact premise of last Tuesday's match between these two. Of which, hmm, Tommy B. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like identical. It was the same script and graphic as last week. I think it was. <laughs> Drew Gulak and Arya Davari are in the ring, and Gulak has a written message from Enzo. So he essentially recited an Enzo promo that had been literally mailed in by Enzo, and he's been hit with the flu. When Gulak announced that the cruiserweight title match was off. The crowd booed, and I thought that was a risky line to just throw out there because I could have heard that being cheered, that there would be no Cruiserweight title match. This thing from the four-way that started over a month ago, and the, you had the Rich Swan stuff, and now Enzo's sick, and all these delays. This has been the longest-running miniature tournament ever to get to a throwaway Cruiserweight title match mm. in history. Yeah. Alexander eventually interrupts these two. He has come for competition and asks which of these two will step up. They suggest a tag match, except Cedric doesn't have any friends. Except for one. And not Mustafa Ali, who he's been teaming up every week. No. Gold Dust comes out. And even the announcers can't make sense of this, with Booker explaining he's 238 pounds, but let's just turn our brains off for this tag match. So we had Gulak and Davari against Cedric Alexander and Gold Dust. Alexander had a spinning back elbow to Davari, made the tag to Goldust. Uh, him and Gulak managed to screw up a running bulldog and had to redo the spot. Those two just seemed like they were just, after that bulldog, they just were not on the same page here. And they were probably racing through a lot anyway. This wasn't a long match. Um, featured Goldust hitting a reverse cross to both men off the top. And then Alexander came in with a flying, gold, uh, flying clothesline. Flying Goldust would have been a great finish to this. Goldust and struck Gulak, lumbar check, and Alexander got the pin in 327. The Goldust team up is certainly random and out of nowhere, and I'm sure that was sort of the intent. You know, let's just throw Goldust in there. Um, they probably had to move a ton around. Like Enzo, I'm sure they... Yes. Because um, right. he had missed Saturday's show, too. Yeah. Um, I assume the same illness, but I'm sure they had to switch a bunch around and... This was just, it was probably touch and go if he'd be able to be on the show or not. But I found it a nice break from the norm. The attraction for me was to see this, how old is, is Dustin Reynolds? Is he 50? I think he's right around that. To see a 50-year-old try to hang with people half his age and half his size. Not necessarily half, but people far smaller and way faster than he is. And I thought... 48. 
48. And I, I'm sure, you know, maybe backstage that was sort of the, the thinking as well. Hey, let's put one of the oldest guys with some of the youngest guys and see how he hangs. And he, you know, unfortunately, the bulldog was kind of screwed up. He took a long time for that crossbody as well. Um, but beyond that, the man is still in an incredible shape for his Hey, age. I think Goldust is terribly underutilized. Yeah. You've got him there. I would love to see this guy. He's been doing a lot of uh, stuff on uh, .com for the uh, mix mixed tag thing. Yeah, yeah, he's been I saw one with him and Oscar. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I listen, I always love seeing gold dust and stuff. Uh this wasn't stellar, but I think Cedric certainly needs something and maybe maybe they're eyeing the team up with gold dust as a way to help him. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um they showed the Cena tweet about entering the Rumble and then the announcers ran through the Rumble card and I don't know what set Booker off, but he was like Jimmy Fallon in the middle of a sketch here. He just broke. And then the other announcer, like, they just struggled to get through this. It was the most comical thing. I, I skipped through this. What, what exactly? How was Booker? Booker acting? just starts laughing at the three-way announcement, and he's, Cole's trying to keep the wheels on this vehicle. And all three of them are just, like, fighting back laughter to oh, get wow. through this promo read. And they were just done. And the camera's on them. Uh-huh. Um Anyway, okay. Elias is in the ring, continues his his walk with Elias line that someone must have just figured out. Yeah. Like after all this time. So he's just going to use it every time. He says now he gets to perform with two talented musicians, in come Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, Bo with a cowbell. They dedicate the song to The Miz, who's coming back next week, and was named Rolling Stones Superstar of the Year. That's not true, is it? Yes, it is. It is? Yeah. Why would they even have that category? Um, like, superstar as in WWE superstar or or overall? Like, celebrity? What are we talking here? I think it was like their... I think that's like their wrestler of the year category. Oh, okay. So that, it's, that's it's, still ridiculous. It's, yeah, it is. That's ridiculous from any definition. You mean it wasn't Okada? No, it didn't make it. <laughs> no, yeah, I call the miss. I call sh- shenanigans. Well, wow. anyway, folks... No bullshit here at pro uh, post wrestling. Yeah, and go for uh, the Miz as your superstar of the year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the short list. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they, I, feel, I feel like they would have made a bigger deal out of that. Who WWE? Yeah, I mean they mentioned it a few times on. What's this. the rationale from Rolling Stone's point of view? Yes, I'd love to know. You should ask Mike Bond. I I doubt he had a vote in all of this. <laughs> Maybe they're all in a room and they were like. You know it would really be fucking crazy? <laughs> Imagine what people would say if we did this. Or maybe they're like, hey, uh, you don't watch this weird wrestling stuff, do you? Let's just, yeah, who's like, who looks, yeah, this Miz, Miz guy, does he sound like an interesting dude? <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Uh, they butchered this song, like, purposely, and the I, crowd just ate this up. I found this quite funny. This was amusing. It, as far as, like, Intentional bad singing. I thought these guys did a great job. Elias then just took over, got tons of heat, took a shot at The Rock because uh, they were in Miami, and then were interrupted by the opponents. So now Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows are longtime friends <laughs> who just have been on the same show for uh, over a year, and they just never got around to talking. I, I wonder, I mean, maybe stuff like this kind of shows you how quickly and how... Sp- uh, how little time they 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 give to to everybody to prepare for things like this because anything to help me draw that association. They don't have New Japan footage, obviously, but 
come on, these you tell me they don't have photos in their iPhone photo gallery of these three together. Just just give me some living proof that these guys actually knew each other prior to this. Did you hear Kenny Omega's interview on the Observer site? Yes. It's it's interesting that similar trait between WWE and New Japan when Omega was describing, you know, he looks at his match with the eventual rematch he has with Kota Ibushi, mm-hmm. that New Japan doesn't see the same level of value because mm-hmm. that's not their story. Right. They don't want to shine a light on their past with DDT and headlining Budokan Hall in 2012 mm-hmm. and all of that. That makes for a great story. And that's WWE to a T. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very similar. Yeah. For See, like, I never watched that match. I never watched that first Kota Ibushi Kenny Omega match. But still, I know that these two know each other from the past. And I know that they've grown up together. Same with, like, uh, Joe and Cena. I know these guys, you know, spent time together. Even Nakamura and Daniel Bryan, if they were ever to have a match together. That stuff writes itself. And all you have to do is just tell me and show me a photo or something. That's it. I feel that they were just listening to you on this podcast about the fact oh, that of course the bullet club you've got the three original like you literally said I that know. last week and this week they put them together with no rhyme or reason other than they did it they must be patrons <laughs> yes. vince i know vince is he's a double double guy yeah, yeah. he God. must be an espresso guy vince it's my fucking pin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they showed a video promoting The Miz's return. They're in Memphis next week. Brock's also on the show next week, though they didn't announce that tonight. Um, oh, yeah, the, the match. match. Um, quick match. Uh, the crowd started chanting too sweet and doing the Marty Squirrel chants. Gallows hit Dallas with a super kick. Anderson came in. Magic killer. Coup de gras. And Finn got the pin on Dallas. 327. And Michael Cole said... How sweet it is, as they are just bound and determined to to murder every catchphrase out. How sweet it is. I mean, listen, they have nothing to lose. On the one hand, either these guys will get over, or they will completely make the Bullet Club the most uncool thing in professional wrestling. Does that not... Maybe I, I put way too much stock into that line, but as I wrote that down, it's like, this is your messenger. And his delivery of this line takes away... The coolness of something. It's, t- it's, you're asking a lot for this company to try to like run with something that they didn't create and they have no idea how to do it. Like Corey Graves put in a bunch of too sweet references in this mm-hmm. and that guy has a lot of credibility with the audience. Michael yeah. Cole has next to zero. Yeah, I know. They, they're not thinking that deep. No, I know they're, they're not, but I, I'm looking at a larger scale that Michael Cole is your pitchman your pitch man on your number one show and yet there's no credibility attached with him and this is just a tiny example of that that this is the guy that when michael cole speaks to you you're not buying what this man is selling in fact he he actually puts a negative taint on something forget cole like think about the guy talking to cole vince mcmahon okay think about what kind of an uphill battle it must be if you're finn balor if you're gallows and anderson or if you're a writer in the back who's very familiar with the success of the bullet club to convince vince mcmahon of what this bullet club thing is and why it's successful do they carry guns to the ring like did they go to the shooting range like they, the animal a bull it club or like bullshit club <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, I can't even, I, I would hate to have that battle. But listen, at least this is a great step forward. They have the potential. Put the shirts on all of them. 
Um, and But the most important thing is, and I don't have much faith for this because these three were involved as, in the final segment as nothings, as nobodies, but they need to make these guys threats just like they did with The Shield when they debuted, just like they're trying to do with Absolution. This team needs to take over and they need to come up. Okay. I don't know if they're listening to this <laughs> that'll week, never, but, but they, they listened last it'll week. It'll never happen, but <laughs> shit, like these guys, these three came out as just like lumberjacks at the last segment. Like as, as were these three out at the end? Yeah. They were part of the main event crew. Yeah, that's what I called the uh, the ending. Uh, final segment was Brock and Heyman out. I had totally forgot. I was uh, when this match ended. I'm like, what's closing the show? I had forgotten all about Lesnar. Heyman says that it seems WWE's New Year's resolution is to continue to stack the deck against Lesnar. He points out how Lesnar doesn't have to lose a fall to lose the title, and says there is no way either Kane or Strowman are beating Lesnar. Then Heyman cuts a promo on how the announcers talk about the odds changing when it's a three-way. I thought he was going to cut the my favorite promo of all time, but he really <laughs> didn't go there to just expose the idiocy of this. I would love to know, like, has Vegas ever had to do three-way odds? Has that ever existed um, in no, anything? Probably I not. mean, like, for wrestling, yeah, but how do you even do that? Well, v- Vegas books aren't taking wrestling bets. Right. Um says that Lesnar's odds to win are 100%. He could also beat the 30 members of the Rumble individually or collectively, which Graves laughed at. And he fears no challenge. He doesn't believe in monsters. He doubts Kane is the devil's favorite because the devil's favorite is Lesnar. And then ended the promo in Latin um, to end this segment. Mm -hmm. Or at least end his portion of the segment. When we were all... uh for our best of show trying to pick our best non-wrestling performers this year um paul has been incredibly consistent as he always is but none of us chose him this year because i think at this point his performances are always good but they don't stand out anymore agreed it's just like we know this guy's good we know he's had a certain level but it's he really has to like do something really special in order to make us pay attention i i think the paul Heyman brock lesnar presentation it's a bit stale right. there's no opponents for him he's run through everybody i've got minimal interest in this three-way i think kane takes this one down Actually, significantly mm, i mean i think they've done a great job with braun i mean on this show he looked i think it'd be better awesome. if it was just braun i think kane is Maybe. just negative interest in that match that said um I was thinking about this a lot during this segment, and I'm not saying you do something massive like a a separation of Lesnar and Heyman, but... No way. What are you doing if this guy's contract... It is. It's up after WrestleMania. What are you doing with this with this act? Well, I think he'll re- resign. For, for what... If you're the WWE, what is there? Like, what's more left to do with Brock Lesnar? What happens to your business if Lesnar leaves? I'd argue well, nothing. Well, you take the... Mm. I think he makes a big difference for pay-per-views, for their network specials. I mean, we see the fluctuations. It's not as though there's going to be this big drop-off of subscribers if Brock is not doing five pay-per-views a year. Um, He adds something special, but I think that's more just a, I'm already a subscriber and my interest in said show is more than it would be. But I'm not canceling the network over it. Um well, you can say that about anybody then. Like, what are the programs left for this guy? Okay, well, I think a, a Strowman rematch is there. Uh, I mean, you have a bunch of SmackDown dudes um, left. Such as? Let me think about this. Uh, 
We've done Randy. I mean, I would have said AJ rematch. I sure, said Nakamura, but like he's kind of cold. Um, and those two actually had an awful match in New Japan. Granted, different time period. Oh, there's some history you could draw. 2006 Dome. Uh, the Balor match, I, you know, maybe not that much interest in right now. But there's still rematches. Like you put him and Cena together, and I think there's still interest. You know, you could do him and Cena again. Yeah. it's been long enough. Um, but this run, we're coming up on six years. He's been here. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. Yeah, and I mean, it's one thing to resign him if it, if this was just a like it's a big price tag. True. But they can afford it, especially now. They can, 100%. They can afford it. It's just, there is something missing here to me of these two. And I think a lot of it is just you don't have that foil at the moment. Maybe Braun can be that. Um, Yeah, Braun certainly. But uh, I think it's just maybe like him coming out with with Paul Heyman and the two of them looking at the camera, cutting the promo. It's great. But maybe it just kind of needs something else. Maybe they need to start mm, doing something with it, you know, rather than just that same sit-down soliloquy. Stand-up, I mean. Sorry. So then Kane comes out and just walks into the ring, grabs Lesnar, chokeslams him, and then, if you were paying attention, he just looks at Lesnar and says casually, you don't think I'm the devil's favorite? And then Lesnar sits up laughing and then nails Kane. He does the taker sit up. Yep, did the, the, the taker, taker sit slash up. Kane sit up, yeah. And nails Kane over the top to the floor. The locker room empties. Including the club. The club. Yeah. And they're separated. Kurt's on the ramp. And as Kane's brought to the back, Lesnar holds up the title. And I w- that's how we ended the show. No involvement with Braun in this yeah, final no. segment. This was just a focus on Lesnar and Kane. And it seems they're really pushing the fact these two have never met in a match before. Kane and Brock? Are they really? Yeah, oh they mention, they've mentioned they mentioned this every week. Yeah, that's really not special at all. At least not to me. Probably not to you. Probably not to anybody. Think listening. about the fact that, as I said, Lesnar's been here six years. I know. And they didn't yeah. feel the need to book a singles match between these two. It does not tell you everything. It does. <laughs> It does. Have we seen a Mark? Uh, have we seen Mark Henry and Brock? Um, in his we first must. run, we did, and I have a feeling they did a house show at some point together. Yeah. We've also never seen Brock and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, yes. Yeah. First time dream, ever. Dream match. Vince's favorite tagline. <laughs> Uh, I thought the ending here was a little bit flat, and yeah, I don't think this crowd is all that much into the. Cane. We got two more Brock appearances before the Rumble. He's on next week, then mm-hmm. a week off, and then he's on the anniversary show. Kane, at this point, I think they're trying to reach a, a little far with how much value they're looking to get out of him in this uh, in this feud. But you know, listen, the pay per view is not going to be sold on this match anyway. It's the Rumble, both Rumbles. Yeah, it's a, so. Um, the crowd I found on this show I found really interesting. Like they were definitely they were kind of flat for this segment, flat for a lot of segments, and I don't really blame them. But they were incredibly hot for Roman and Joe. They were really hot for the Strowman segment. Um, overall, I really love that Strowman. Or sorry, I, I like the Strowman segment, but I really love that Reigns and Joe match. So that's that's kind of my takeaway from from this show. And the Renee was, segment with Joe. That was those would be my three highlights of Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the show. Um, I'm not going to ask Way what you thought the show was on a scale of 1 to 10. I want to ask the forum what they thought it was on a scale prediction? of 0 to 10. What's your prediction? What do you think it was? I just thought. Damn it. I'm going to guess 
5.5. Uh, 6. I'm going to guess a 6, six out of 10. 6 even. 6 even. Okay. You are close. 6.38 was how you voted, uh, which if you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can vote on and leave feedback for Raw, for SmackDown, for Rewindaways. That's right. Anytime we ask feedback, you can submit. That's right. Our Patreon, the Post Wrestling Cafe, patreon.com slash postwrestling. In any access at any tier gives you access to the forum section of the Post Wrestling Cafe, forum.postwrestling.com, where you can leave feedback. Yeah, and we'll go over this at the end, but it is Wrestle Kingdom Week at mm-hmm. Post Wrestling. So mm-hmm. we will go over all of the shows we have coming up this week because it is a full schedule over the next couple of days. Um, Rick called this easily the best Raw of the year, and I'll go into Alexander from Portland. Tonight was the first time I was able to watch Raw in months, and I have to say I'm happy that I was able to. Tonight had good matches, fun Elias segment, even seeing the Balor Club somewhat forming. What stood out the most to me, though, was the announcement of the Women's Rumble having the same rule as the men's. Both Raw and SmackDown, between Raw and SmackDown, both rosters don't have enough women to fill up the match to get the 30 entrance, taking the champions out, and any possible women wrestling for those titles tonight, there will be a lot of spots to fill. I don't think as much as people feel. Because you're going to get NXT cameos, and you're going to get names from the past. And Mm. it's all fresh surprise returns. It's Mm. not as though we've done a bunch of returns of these women in Rumble scenarios. So you could do a Beth Phoenix. You could do a Michelle McCool. You could do... Like, you could do... Who who do you think are some shoe-ins that we'll see from the past? Um, The two I just said, I think... um, Medusa, yes. I would say so. I think those three, very likely. Trish? I don't. I, I don't, don't think waste, she will. Yeah, I don't hope you. I hope you don't waste. You know what? I bet return. you they would ask her, and I bet you she would say no to it. How about this one, Gail Kim? No, she works backstage at, at Impact. There's no way. Uh there's no way. Is she still under a deal there? I believe she's a producer backstage. Well, uh, awesome call. Yes. Is she? Is she is she at, at Impact? No. No. Okay. She could do it. Yeah. I mean, they they started filming the second season, which they're probably close to done. People, she never had much of a run in WWE. No, you know? but I was just gonna say, I would but imagine. The glow, but the glow thing, kind I of would say, it. they would totally want someone from Glow yeah. to be on there, and right. Kong would be the one to have on there. Okay. Maybe Not, Ellen Wong. Yeah. Could you imagine? That's my pick, Ellen Wong. Um, who else? This is fun to think about because we've never had Oh, there's so many, though, that they could pick. Like, you could throw in Melina. Like, there's so many women they could choose from. Um, Melina, wow. Bullnacano. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have any problem uh, filling the 30 Mm -hmm. because there's going to be so many um, that they can go to, and I think you'll see few from NXT as well to, to fill them out. So anyway, his question here is, if you were booking the Rumble event, how would you book both Rumble matches to make them both interesting yet different from each other? Well, that's a pretty complex question to book both Rumble matches. But One of them should be a reverse Royal Rumble. Where yeah, when everyone starts on the floor. The yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Um, I You asked me, where how would you position the, the Rumble yeah. on the show? Do you end with the women's one? Did, I think it honestly depends how you will end the match. I mean, I think the men's match will probably be a better match, simply just based off of the overall skill level of the rosters. Not to say that you need the Rumble to be a fantastic... It's not a work-rate match anyway. No. It's largely dependent on on just the booking. Um, But 
I mean, from a PR perspective, you're making such a big deal out of the women's match. If you have a good ending in mind, especially if you have Ronda involved, you have to end it with with that. Yeah, especially if you're you also have a like a visual to go off the air with with the Rumble winner and the champion is at ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, if if Ronda is in that match, I wonder if you'll even end Mania with that. Is that too much? Not if it's Stephanie. <laughs> I'm Wait a second. How would Stephanie get involved in for a championship? By winning this first annual Stephanie Rumble. Stephanie will enter. Whoa. You don't think you could have Stephanie in the Rumble? Oh, certainly. I think. I completely I think believe can. that could happen. <laughs> completely Stephanie believe she McMahon could win the first ever Rumble. In the Rumble. <laughs> the Rumble. That would be amazing. All right. We got a Brian from Minnesota. Super happy to hear the Women's Royal Rumble is indeed 30 people. It will be fun to fantasy book for the next few weeks. The Battle of the Samoans was a pay-per-view quality match for TV. Do you guys think the club pairing was some strange shout-out to New Japan? They could have put those three together at any point before. Interesting, they did it just days before Wrestle Kingdom with a huge match that includes Jericho. Uh, I I don't think one, Me neither. one had really much to do with the other. I don't think they capitalized off of anything like that. They're at a point with Balor where they need something with a guy. He's, he's got nothing coming up. Why not try this? All right, I'm going to go to MJ here. I give WWE credit for having two decent holiday shows these past two Mondays. It'll be curious to see how this Monday rates versus the ending of the Epic Rose Bowl game and the other big college football game. Yeah, they have big competition on Monday night, so we'll see how that impacts the number. That said, pretty much from the IC bout on Raw was captivating. Joe versus Roman was a good Raw match, and then the Bullet Club reunion. The Brock ending was flat, but still interesting if he held up numbers. The Post is now one for one with booking. Last week you discussed Balor and the club, and then this week, too sweet. Do you see this as a one-off, or do you think that they will keep them together? Yeah, I would agree with that this is going to be a connection they're going to they're going to keep going with. We got to Andrew from Nova Scotia. Drew Gulak reading out Enzo Amore's promo reminds me of John reading Bludgeon Brothers promos. He's so wonderful. I appreciate WWE having cruiserweights wrestle other members of the roster, but Goldust has been seen as an undercard performer for such a long time that it kind of makes them undercard performers too. I would say Goldust. Is... I, I don't want to blow this for anyone, but I think <laughs> yeah. the cruiserweight performers folks are are kind of perceived as such. Yeah. Mitchell from Auckland. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Joe is proving week after week why he's my favorite person on the mic right now. How cool was it to see Finn team with the club? I'm hoping they keep these guys together. Matt continue, Matt Hardy continues to be the definition of fast-forward television for me along with Bray. And I thought Roman versus Joe was a really good hard-hitting match. Don't get the Roman hate at all. Pretty pumped for both Wrestle Kingdom and the upcoming Royal Rumble in a few weeks. All right, we got a Chris from Melbourne, a rather meh raw today, and maybe it's just me looking to forward to Wrestle Kingdom. Although it was nice to see Balor, Anderson, and Gallows team up again, I feel nothing major will come of it long term. Um, next one here points out that there's 16 active women between Raw and SmackDown alone. So 19, he says. Sorry, 19. That's what I meant. Uh, oh, so that means 11 spots. I mean, between NXT and the Rumble. Yeah. Oh, sorry, and, and the Unknowns, yeah. So there you go. All right, we go to the, uh, our next piece of feedback who says, I think the two women's champs should be numbers one and two in the Rumble. Since it's the historic first one and with 30 entrants, I'd rather see them than some NXT one-off. If they won, they won't. You could do a unification match or other nonsense. Good or bad idea. They inter- Why would they want to do a unification? Yeah. I mean, You'd have to deliver on that. Yeah, I don't think the 
they're going to do that. Oh, he also says, I have a terrible feeling that number three will be Steph. So Very possible. I'd love to see the odds on, on that. I don't think they'll be very long odds. I think that'll be a very... Hmm. That'll be something I think a lot of people... You know, predict. if that is the case, then I would say that all this stuff that they've been doing, building this up as like Stephanie McMahon's Royal Rumble, has been quite worthwhile, you know? There's also the possibility that if you have Ronda just in the front row and Stephanie enters the Rumble, that's the angle, is Ronda eliminating Stephanie. What are we talking about? This is so crazy. What are you talking no, about? No, I mean, I just mean like... Like, this the, is a... The, no, like, Ronda and Stephanie is probably no. the most likely scenario. Oh, it's, it's also got history. But I'm saying, I can't believe we're even having this conversation that Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon could end the WWE Royal Rumble. I'm not saying Ronda's in the Rumble. I'm just saying she eliminates yeah, no. Stephanie to take her out because Ronda doesn't necessarily need to be in any kind of title match at Mania. Nor does the, the Stephanie. You're but right. the heat of Stephanie entering 30 and everyone thinking she's yes. going to win, and instead it's Ronda takes out Stephanie, and then you, you're you left with mm-hmm. whoever it is. But yeah. the key is you don't want to have it anticlimactic who the winner of the Rumble is. And I think if you take out Ronda and Stephanie and they're not uh, options to win this thing, yeah. Like, I think, first of all, I think the Women's Rumble is way more interesting in terms of how mm-hmm. they book this thing. Mm-hmm. Um that Oscar is probably the one most are looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the I Becky actually, idea last week was actually, I really like that idea of yeah, her and Charlotte. I, I don't Mania. hate that either, but I also don't hate what you just suggested with uh, Rhonda and, and Steph. Um, last one is Jalen from Pickering. Rod, a great crowd, some interesting stuff going on, yet somehow still seem to drag. Joe's clearly taken over as the MVP of the show with the Miz gone. With everything he says and does having an air of intensity and legitimacy to it, he's like Ishii. Plug him to, into any mid-card or main event spot and he feels like a threat. Having 30 women in the Royal Rumble match seems like a terrible idea we've seen, especially in recent years. How hard is it to make just one Rumble good? Having to make another one with a much smaller roster and list of legends to work with is going to be difficult and will hurt both matches. Shout out to Lesnar, following in his OVW alumni's footsteps with his haircut. Hopefully Batista returns with the same cut and all four of them can be matching. Five OVW haircuts out of ten. Uh, referring to Randy Orton. Was there Lesnar breaking? Lesnar, like he's grown out his hair a bit. He also has a like awful looking beard. Mm-hmm. Like he's capable of a really nice beard, but this is that he transition. Looked, he looked very pasty too. <laughs> like really pale. Looked like Sheamus almost. By the way, did you see Sheamus's video he put up? Mm-mm. At the it, it was he shot it in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's on his Instagram. He runs outside naked, completely naked, censored. And he does a snow angel in the snow. Wow. It was, was painful just to watch this of how holy. cold it must have been. This was Saturday. This was sometime on Saturday because wow. he said it was in Toronto. I think that's illegal. Isn't that indecent exposure? It is. Um, you could, yeah, I guess, video file a complaint. But he did a f- naked snow angel in this weather. It's crazy. Like I've got a giant jacket and I'm freezing outside. Yeah. So he's nuts. If it's for a few seconds, it's, I mean, people take ice dips. People take ice baths. You could do it for our next post-production video if you want. Uh, naked Snow Angel? Go for it. Okay. That is going to wrap up our show. But big, big week ahead. Mm. If ever, if ever there was a week you mm. wanted to jump on board the Post Wrestling Cafe, this is the week to do it. Well, let's talk about what's already there right now, even before this show. Yes. We just put up 
over the weekend, our best of 2017 show featuring myself, Way, Dan Lebransky, and Jason Agnew running through all of our picks. That's a free show that you can download now. Unless we say otherwise, every show is free. Yeah. Okay? Let's just remember that. Yes. Um, so then, in addition, we have got on Tuesday a bonus show coming your way. It is our Wrestle Kingdom 12 preview slash New Japan Primer show as Way is going to lead things on that show. And I'm just along for the ride uh, to fill in the blanks. We're going to go through the card. We're going to take a bunch of your questions that we put up on the forum. And then Wednesday, we've got Rewind to SmackDown. And then Friday, for our Patreon members on the Post Wrestling Cafe, Way and I will have a full review rundown of Wrestle Kingdom 12, which I am currently planning to go to bed at 10 p.m. on Wednesday to wake up at 2.30 a.m. and watch live. Why wouldn't you go to bed earlier than that? I don't feel I'll fall asleep earlier than that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Do you know, I've been typing so much... I've gotten a blister on my finger from Damn. typing way. Really? It's it's really bothering wow, me. Wow, you're hardcore. It is. What what are you talking about? What? You're not joking. No, I'm serious. I've got yeah. a blister here from typing. Oh wow. Okay. You're, you're in rough shape. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, you're working through injury. I'm trying way. Credit to you. Yeah. I've got to keep going. So that's Friday and then next Sunday? Sunday. We have the worst of. The worst of twenty seventeen with mm-hmm. the same panel. Going through all of our categories, what was the garbage that you just never want to hear again after Sunday? We're going to extinguish the bad from the past year so that we can fully embrace 2018. So, massive week coming up. Postwrestling.com. You can also go to Patreon.com slash postwrestling. The award-winning postwrestling. Oh, yes. So, that is all. Goodbye, everybody. And we will chat with you again on Tuesday.